what is up guys welcome or welcome back to the living by faith podcast my name is faith sandry and this week we are going to be talking about trusting god and the nature of god in terms of his redemption um I know that this is something that I had to learn my freshman year of college, and the more that I talk to girls, the more that I realize that trusting God is hard, and trusting God is not something that we can easily master, necessarily. I think that it comes easier to some of us, but for some of us, we don't know how to trust God. There's no how-to, necessarily, of step-by-step how to trust God, and I think that it's always good to reflect back on what the Bible says in terms of this trust of God. And so we're going to be talking about um, a Bible character by the name of Joseph and how the Lord just redeemed his story and how he was able to trust God in the midst of some real dark times and just real trials in his life. So I'm going to pray real quick and then we are going to talk about this man named Joseph and this is going to come from Genesis 37 through 50. Um, Hey God, I thank you so much for the fact that you're a God of redemption. I thank you that you don't just leave us in these valleys, but you use them for your glory and for your goodness. God, I thank you that you've given us the privilege of being part of your narrative and just allowing us to be used for the spread of your kingdom. God, I pray that you would just give us a greater vision for your will for our lives, that we would just be able to trust you and lean in, that we would just be able to experience all that you have for us. God, for the person who's struggling to trust you today, I pray that you would just renew their sense of your presence and just remind them of the fact that you are a redemptive God and you're still working even when it may not make sense. In your name I pray, amen. All right. Yes, so this story is a long one. It's found in Genesis, and it takes up the bulk of the book. So I'm going to summarize it for y'all real quick in the best way that I can. So basically, this man named Joseph, he's born. He has 11 older brothers, and he is his father's favorite. Now, that immediately makes him the least favorite of all the brothers. And so naturally, um, his brothers betray him, and they sell him into slavery. They tell his father that he's dead and they sell him into slavery. And so Joseph works as a slave um, for a man named Potiphar. And while he's working for Potiphar, he gains Potiphar's respect. Like Joseph is a hard worker. And so he gains this man's respect and he is put in charge of a whole lot of things in his household. However, while Joseph is working there, he's falsely accused and he's thrown into prison. The Bible tells us that he is in prison for two years. And during that time, he meets a cupbearer who's also in prison, who used to work for Pharaoh. And Joseph predicts the dream of this cupbearer. And he says that the cupbearer is going to return to his position for Pharaoh. And he says to the cupbearer to remember him when he goes into Pharaoh's presence. However, the cupbearer does not. He falls short. He forgets Joseph. And so Joseph is waiting in prison until finally the cupbearer remembers his name. And ultimately, Joseph predicts a dream of Pharaoh and is placed second in command of all of Egypt. I think it's crazy 
um, the valleys that Joseph has in his life. Like, ultimately, this man is placed second in command of all of Egypt, but the things that he had to do to get there are hard. And, um, I think that Joseph is a really cool story because, honestly, like, it doesn't really say what Joseph is thinking when he's, like, in prison or when he's, like, sold into slavery or when he's forgotten by the cupbearer. Like, we don't know what Joseph thought about God in these valleys. And, honestly, like, I bet that Joseph had times where he was confused by what God was doing. And I think that we as Christians can be reminded that it's okay to be confused by the actions of God. And it's actually encouraged to cry out to him. Uh, The Book of Lamentations is a prime example of this. Um, But we shouldn't say in that place of crying out and mourning. Uh, Ecclesiastes 3, 1 through 4 says, There is a time for everything and a season for every activity under the heavens. A time to be born and a time to die, a time to plant and a time to uproot. A time to kill and a time to heal. A time to tear down and a time to build. A time to weep and a time to laugh. A time to mourn and a time to dance. And I think that Joseph probably experienced, especially that end part, a time to weep and a time to laugh. Like, he was betrayed by his brothers. And even if he was not close with his brothers, like, that could not have felt good. And I think that, like, in our process of trusting God, We need to, like, be real with him and be real with the emotions that we have towards him. Um, It's often said that the opposite of love is not hate, but rather it's apathy. And I think that the most dangerous thing that we can do in our walk as Christians is become apathetic towards God. And so I think that if we are to reflect on this story, like, it's better for us to be frustrated by the actions of God than to become apathetic towards him and to feel nothing towards what he's doing. And so I'm not sure what exactly Joseph felt when he was in those times where things didn't make sense, but I fully believe that he was not apathetic towards God. And I believe that God rewarded Joseph and being faithful to him Um, by ultimately using him and that's the same thing that he can do for us if we're just willing to lean in um so when we are in the midst of confusion like when we are sold into slavery by our brothers when we are sitting in prison no but like when we are in times of trial how do we move out of that how do we literally like take up our emotions and the things that we question, how do we take those things up with God? And I believe the answer is to lean in. And now I will tell you that this process is frustrating and it's exhausting. And sometimes you have awesome days where you're able to lean into the Lord and you're able to walk away and feel so refreshed and so renewed. But other days when you're in the midst of confusion and you're trying to trust God and you're seeking him out, it's not going to become crystal clear right away. Um, but Jeremiah twenty nine thirteen says, You will seek me and you will find me when you seek me with all your heart. And I believe that the Lord rewards a faithful heart. Like he is a God of redemption and he wants us to see 
the fruit of our labor, so to speak. He wants us to be rewarded for that time that we spend leading into him. He wants us to ultimately gain that fruit of the spirit of peace and trust in him. And so, yeah, when we are in these seasons, like Joseph was, where our trials are really hard, like, we need to lean into the spirit rather than becoming apathetic towards him. And I think that ultimately comes from a place of being really real with God. Um, lately, I was been in a season in my life where I was just really broken and really frustrated by um, just things that were happening. And just the season of my life was just frustrating. Like, it was just hard. Um... And it took me, like, a month to realize that I was telling God that I was fine with what he was doing. But, like, deep down in my heart, I knew I was frustrated. And I knew I was confused. And I wasn't being real with my father about how I was feeling about what was going on. And I didn't want to be a child of God who was confused by what he was doing. But the reality is, is I was. And the Lord was not mad at me for that. Like, I don't know if you're in that season right now, but if you're confused, if you're frustrated by God, dude, the Lord still loves you. He's still good. He's still working for your good. He still wants your good. Like, he has promised that he will work things for your good. And if you continue to believe and trust in what he's doing, and you continue to believe in move towards his will like he's gonna continue to work but I think that transformation and freedom in my life ultimately happened when I became honest with the Lord about how I was feeling about what was going on and so yeah moving on from there when we begin to move like lean into God when we begin to be honest with him about where we're at I believe that redemption can take place and so some examples of redemption in the life of Joseph. Y'all, this is so cool. I believe there are four things that stood out to me that God redeemed. The first thing is God renewed his reputation. Genesis 41, 38 through 40 says, So Pharaoh asked them, Can we find anyone like this man, Joseph, one in whom is the Spirit of God? Then Pharaoh said to Joseph, Since God has made all this known to you, there is no one so discerning and wise as you. You shall be in charge of my palace, and all my people are to submit to your orders. Only with respect to the throne will I be greater than you. Not only did God redeem Joseph's reputation, but he gave him like status and power on earth, which we don't need, but the Lord just like blessed Joseph with that. Uh, the second thing that God redeemed in his life was God used the gifts that he had given Joseph. Genesis 41, 48 through 50 says, Joseph collected all the food produced in those seven years of abundance in Egypt and stored it in the cities. In each city, he put the food grown in fields surrounding it. Joseph stored up huge quantities of grain, like the sand of the sea, and it was so much that he stopped keeping records because it was beyond measure. And I think this is so cool because it's just, like, such a simple thing. <laughs> like, those verses are literally about storing grain. But, like, the Lord used the gifts that he had given Joseph. 
Like, God intentionally designed Joseph with the ability to have this plan set in place. And God designed Joseph to have this knowledge to how this famine should be addressed that, like, maybe someone else wouldn't have had. And so, I think it's crazy that whatever the Lord is placing you in, like, he's going to continue to redeem and renew you by using the gifts that he's given you. I think it's so cool as you start to go into college and people slowly move closer and closer to things that they're passionate about. Um, just the ways that God uses people is so cool because the things that I'm doing in my life and I'm passionate about are totally different about the things that like my roommate's passionate about. But the Lord is using both of us in such unique ways and he's using the gifts that he's given us um, in order to further his kingdom and ultimately just like redeem parts of our stories. And the third thing is that God overabundantly provided for Joseph's needs. Um, in Genesis 41, verse 52, it says the second son he named Ephraim. And if you look in the footnotes, that means fruitful. So he named his son fruitful and said it is because God has made me fruitful in the land of suffering. I think it's so cool the way in which our God is a God of overabundance and I like to talk about that in the book of Ruth as well how God just continues to show up and provide not just the things that people needed but the things that would simply be a blessing for those people. The fourth thing is that God redeemed Joseph's relationships. If you go on to read Towards the end of this book, it's Genesis 45 and 46, it talks about Joseph meeting his brothers again for the first time and getting to see his father again. Um, and oh, that story is just crazy to me, y'all, because God literally took these relationships that were so broken. He took brothers who had sold Joseph into slavery and allowed them to live together in a free land in Egypt. And he provided food for all of them. Like, Joseph was not the only one who was kept safe from this famine, but so were all of his brothers who betrayed him. And Joseph was able to be reunited with them and forgive them. And just, I think it illustrates also just that grace that God bestows upon us. When we betray him, we turn our backs on him. Like, we are born in this sinful nature, but the Lord is willing and just able to forgive us and redeem that story and I think the redemption of Joseph and his brothers like that relationship is so beautiful and all four of these things like God's renewal of his reputation um, using the gifts he had given Joseph his provision for his needs and the redemption of his relationships like all this was used to glorify God in its own way um, in my own life, just this aspect of redemption, um, anxiety has been really prevalent with my, within my life, uh, specifically this last semester. Um, these last couple of weeks, it's been a bit heavier than normal, and something that's been really cool was just this aspect of redemption within my anxiety. Um, there was one day where I woke up, and, ooh, like... It was an anxiety that came the moment I opened my eyes that morning. Um, and immediately when I opened my eyes, immediately when I felt that anxiety, 
I knew I didn't want to feel that way. And it was an immediately prayer to the Lord of just, God, I'm so anxious and I don't want to feel this way. And honestly, like my anxiety did not immediately cease. But guys, something really cool happened. Like my view of God's presence increased and he gave me a greater lens with which to view my day. Um, I was just really worked up about all the things that I was having going on that day. But as I began to just like sit, I played worship music and I just laid there. And as I just laid there, like my problems seemed smaller. And the Lord allowed me to see my day as one step at a time rather than all of it at once. And I think that when we have these things that make it hard to trust God, like he can fix our lens so that we can see these things as one step at a time rather than being everything at once. And also like something that the Lord has really done in my life, which is such a blessing and I would encourage you to pray on is just giving you reminders of his presence. Um, something that the Lord has done, which is really cool This is a story from my mom, but she was walking one time and just praying to the Lord for a reminder of his presence. And all of a sudden at once, like, three hawks just, like, swooped down by her head. And so whenever she sees a hawk, she's reminded of the Lord's presence. Um, For me, I'm often reminded of God's presence when I see fog. If you have read through Exodus, you know that there's a pillar of cloud that followed the Israelites by day to remind them of God's presence. And for me, when I'm surrounded by fog, it just really, like, gives me chills and just reminds me of the fact that God's with me and he goes before me. Um, But I also am so reminded of God when I see hawks. And just a couple weeks ago, I was thinking, like, wow, I never really see hawks in the winter. That's kind of disappointing. Like, I would love to see a hawk right now. Like, I've just been really craving, like, some more of just reminders of the Lord's presence. And, oh my gosh y'all this was crazy so this was like two days later I was driving around and I saw three hawks just in the course of one day and you're like okay no big deal y'all the next day I saw three more hawks and while I was driving the light so I had just seen a hawk I kept driving I was like wow that's kind of crazy I saw another hawk I keep driving y'all the license plate in front of me said the word hawks. I kid you not. It was ridiculous. That day I saw two more hawks that afternoon and there have just been like every single week I have seen at least two hawks since then. And so if you want a reminder of the Lord's presence, maybe it's hawks for you, but maybe it's something else. I would encourage you to pray on that. And I believe that the Lord has something that he can use to just remind you of the fact that you're not walking alone. You're so loved and you are seen by the God of the universe. And I think that in itself allows us to trust God better because, or not better, but trust God more and trust God deeper and just allow him to become more of um, a presence in our life rather than something that's abstract to become more concrete and real. And so, yeah, going on, I think just God's hand in the life and narrative of Joseph is evident um yeah if you read on these people of israel end up being indebted to the egyptians because of this famine and ultimately become slaves to egypt and i think it's crazy because 
God did this amazing work in Joseph's life, and ultimately, like, the Israelites were enslaved. And that doesn't seem to make sense. Like, in the narrative of the Bible, you'd be like, why did that happen? But I think it's a great reminder of the fact that God's will doesn't exempt us from trials. But it does lead us to places for us to be fruitful. And ultimately, these Israelites got to venture into the promised land where they were able to just experience the Lord and just journey and grow as a people and just be God's people. And so I would just encourage you as you are stepping in and out of these trials in your life that the Lord might be leading you into the promised land in this season and it might not make sense. You might feel like you're wandering in the middle of the wilderness, but the Lord is still with you and he is still moving. I think it's really cool to remember the fact that the Lord disciplines those he loves. Um, just like a parent disciplines their child out of care and concern, so the Lord may redirect and discipline us so that we can greater step into knowledge and relationship with him. Thank you so much for listening. I hope that you were able to either learn something new or be reminded of something that is the truth in your life. And you are all so loved by God, the creator of the universe. I hope that you can be reminded of his presence this week in a new way. Thanks for tuning in and I will see you guys so soon. Bye.